The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Found financial food for thought. You got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. Carrie, it ain't no living easy in the summer of the pandemic, is there? No. I mean, we talked about the summer solstice. Does it feel like summer? Ah, uh, not really. I, I mean, I don't know how it can. No baseball yet. No Cedar Point yet. You know, no. end of June here. No, getting... we still have the sunshine. It's good to be outside a lot when you can. Yeah, the the gardens are beautiful this year. The home gardens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, and, but is the second wave coming, Carrie? And that's what I think a lot of people are still concerned about, worried about. You know, I don't have to read the headlines about statistics, but our Congress is working on that, Carrie, right? Attorney Mitch McConnell says if there's another coronavirus relief bill, It'll be written next month in his office. This comes as the public's approval of Congress takes a big dip. Hmm. It's down hmm, to 24% surprised. in tonight's Fox News poll. 20? That's off 11 points from April <laughs> when lawmakers were spending big on stimulus package. This evening, congressional correspondent Chad Pergram looks at why that cash flow has been interrupted. It was bill. Bill is passed. After bill. It's interrupted because they're, they're hard at recess. Bill. As Congress spread it earlier this year to pump nearly $3 trillion into a cratering economy. But negotiations on another coronavirus package are virtually silent. Some Republicans told Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell in May that Congress spent too much, too fast. We thank for to take a pause here. Do a good job a of pause. Can we all take a pause, Gary? I think they take too many pauses. Why they have a 24% approval rating. If there is another one together in July. Still, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell warned lawmakers to keep their, quote, foot on the gas. It would be a concern if Congress were to pull back from the support uh, that it's providing too quickly. Fiscal conservatives wrote to President Trump and McConnell saying paying workers to stay home is inhibiting the fast recovery we want in See, jobs. See, this is the $600 a week extra benefit care. It's really splitting in Congress. Coronavirus package in May. White House advisor Peter Nov- you know, so so here we have it. You know, the White House still says we're in for a V-shaped recovery, Carrie, right? Federal Reserve, uh, they're more like a W-shape. They think the second wave is coming. Not only is that a health risk, but, of course, that is also a financial mm-hmm. risk, right? And maybe the financial risk is worse than the health risk, depending on whether you get the virus or you lose your job. But the and then we have the IMF, you know, and who you know is, is is more still leaning towards the L shape, which is the you know D word, right, Carrie? You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know they're still projecting a much deeper global recession, you know, based on the the virus threat than you know anyone else. Than anyone you know they're saying you know global GDP is going to be down close to five percent this year. Ouch! And and you can't tell me that a negative 5% GDP globally doesn't bleed into American business. Of course it does. Um, you know, and, and so is that a problem? So, but, but what is our Congress doing, right? You know, and, and one of the things, see, 
I don't know. They, they're 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 going to go on the July fourth recess soon, right? Then then so the ideas are going to come back after that. Not exactly sure when that after that. I don't know when that's. Is that a week recess for them? July fourth, Carrie. I'm not sure. Mm. Who knows, right? Right. Um, but then they come back. Then they get then they get hard working again before the August recess, right? Okay. Um, so you know, and you gotta you know so so the deal is this is this fifth bill going to get done here in the in the mid to late July. Um, and how much is it going to be? And who is it going to help? Uh, you know, it, it, and so but a lot of people are saying you mentioned you, you heard it in that clip about the additional 600 a week unemployment benefit right now. Right. That's really keeping this country afloat, in my opinion, right mm-hmm. now. And the idea is that is supposed to run out at the end of July. Right. Right. Well, Exactly. You have to kind of define what the end of July is, Carrie. What do you mean the end of July defined? Well, end of July is pretty, would be July 31st. uh, But that's not really (laughs) what the law says. But I'm saying if you say end of July. Okay. um, Well, maybe they should have just put a date in the law so there'd be no. Well, there is a date, Carrie. Okay. Okay. So federal legislation and the CARES Act authorized the additional compensation says the benefit will end, Carrie, you ready? Mm -hmm. On or before July 31st. Okay. Which is a Friday. Okay. The problem is most unemployment benefits end the week ending the a Saturday or a Sunday. Okay. So basically they're saying that the states will pay only through the week ending July 25th. Okay. The Saturday before the 31st. Now... I don't know if if you were collecting this weekly, if you thought that that extra 600 was going to come for that last week in July, if you're planning on paying your rent with that, there may be a little problem with that. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody thinks this was just an error, you know, right. that somebody didn't look at the calendar. I mean, yeah, they're in their mind saying right. July 31st, but then not realizing that most states go to Saturday. Right. So they had to go to one day further. Right. And, and, you know, but, you know, so so a lot of people are saying, well, why don't they just fix it? I don't think Congress does anything quick. Because they're on recess. Get us started. Right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk radio program here to give you helpful information about issues that impact your life, whether you're working or already in your retirement, whether you're single or married or second marriage, divorce, widow. Um, we help all kinds of people. And we are a traditional fee-based planning firm. What we do is financial modeling and number crunching to help people know what they can realistically spend or when they can realistically afford to retire based on conservative assumptions. And also, how do you address those financial disruptors and incorporate in these long-term projections rising health care costs, inflation, taxes, and then what steps you can take now to create that income you need later on as tax efficiently as possible. And also, we've talked on previous shows about how much risk should people be taking on. Part we do is based on our projections based on conservative growth, although we build custom plans, so that's up to you. But then also making sure what your asset picture looks like match the plan projections. Are you taking on more risk than you need to be okay? Do you know what growth rate do you need so you're never going to run out of money? Is it too aggressive? Um, even if you're very conservative, maybe your asset picture does is awfully risky and you don't need to take on that risk. We are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We've won the Super Service Award multiple years on Angie's list. And we offer a free no-obligation consultation for people who want to see how our process is really different and what value and benefit we can provide you. Like our plans are customized, so are our fees. We offer both hourly and retainer options. Um, so if people want a little bit of help, um, some people are in good shape. Maybe they want to be in better shape. Maybe you have no way to know. I don't know how you know some of these things without a long-range plan. I mean, sometimes people are making decisions based on emotions, not on that objective analysis. 
And if you'd like to take advantage of a free consultation, we have some incentives on the website. You can leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday morning. Or you can contact us through the website. um, Or you can sign up for newsletters and listen to previous podcasts at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Or call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. All right, listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And over those decades, Carrie, we've certainly helped a lot of clients get into a new home. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of different in a COVID summer as well. Although we've had quite a few people that are jumping on these opportunities yeah, and so, these great rates. So I talked a little <laughs> bit about a little bit about that on last week's show. You can always go back and hear the podcast. And I want to pick up a little bit on that today. What else is going on? Um, another uh, another tax brief, Carrie. You know, who, who, don't look now, Carrie, but. The tax filing deadline may be extended again. Did you right. see that? I did hear that this week. And I heard someone talking about possibly they should just make it October 15th and be done with it. And well, then other people said, no, that's too far out. Well, yeah. So it was, you know, Munition was being interviewed. And I don't know how it came up, but he's the one who threw it out there and saying, yeah, the, the, he may. I don't think it's going to happen, but right. he may consider delaying tax date to September 15th. Okay. Now, again, so I guess that would be that would be the third normally the right. third quarter estimate. Right? right. So so I guess now if he does that, the the final return. Right. Plus the first and the second quarter and the third quarter <laughs> estimate, I guess, would all be due September 15th. Now, this is not law yet. So, right. you, know, you know, you know. Right. I didn't see this. I just saw a headline where somebody asked him or was thinking maybe it was a headline saying they should just make it October 15th and be done with it. Stay tuned. I, you know, <laughs> and I was just about to get ready to work on my extension request, Carrie. Should, should I oh, postpone funny. that yeah. for a couple of weeks? Okay. So stay tuned. It's a weird year, right? Um what else is going on? Um, the other thing I want to talk about is with the virus, coronavirus, Carrie, there's a lot of people who are thinking or it's forcing them to change up their retirement plan, right? Um, and there could be a lot of reasons for that. Um, it, it, it could be because they're being forced out of a job. It could be that they um they had a they had kind of a trial run of being retired Carrie during the shutdown right and they kind of liked it mm-hmm. so they're thinking hmm, I kind of got used to you know right. you know this type of lifestyle can I you know do that and there could also be a health risk you know for those you know over sixty five who and especially if you have a some underlying health issue right. if your job means you have to have interaction with the public either mm-hmm. you know. Uh, in other words, you can't work from home or, or, or right. you, you have to work in a you can't social distance yourself. That's at when work. you wear a mask. Right. Right. But you have to deal with customers, maybe right. uh, or maybe other workers. And, and so, you know, so and, and the elder population of workers is more uh, the higher percentage of those types of jobs. You know, it's really the the young tech people who can easily work from oh, home. Right. right. They can work anywhere. Um, but so, you know, so there could be a lot of reasons. And the, so the question becomes, and, and I guess, Carrie, it's not a new scenario for us at the estate planning team. We, we That's what we've been doing for 35 years. Right. You know, helping people build retirement plans, basically, knowing that, you know, we always had an, an adage at the estate planning team. We only want our clients retiring once in their lifetime. Right. And a lot of people just say, I'm going to retire at 65 because then I can go on Medicare. But do you really know? how long you have to work. And it's, I mean, you always say you can retire any day, but what does that look like for your retirement lifestyle? You know, you want to make sure your mandatory expenses, but maybe you don't mind working longer because you want to um, do all this great spending in retirement. And other people say, no, that's not important to me if I can stop working because I do like being home. Or unfortunately, we've had people, companies are downsizing during this, or they realize they're cutting back workforce. We know places are offering buyouts to people. That's another good, that's a mm-hmm. good, that's an important point too. You know, is your company about ready to give you a buyout? Mm-hmm. Um, quite possibly, yes. Um, so, you know, the idea is 
Well, how do you know whether or not you can retire, whether you should take that buyout or take your chances and say, no, decline the buyout, and then, then you have the risk of being laid off, I guess, right? right? Um, but the but the idea is, or how much, you know, what type of lifestyle will you be able to maintain if this happens? Um, or, you know, so so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, and um, but before I get to that, let me get back to the, the real estate. So as... We had mentioned on last week's show, um, you know that um, the the real estate's kind of it's kind of a weird market this year. Um, so everybody's got the idea that mortgage rates are low, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, we don't really know, you know, because there was some there was some uh, conflicting, not conflicting, I guess, just. Um, I don't know, just mixed signals, I guess, you know, that, you know, existing home sales for May fell, you know, almost 10% from April. Okay, sales down about 27% annually. It was the largest annual decline since 1982. So, Carrie, that stat says, okay, existing home sales look bad. Um, but yet then, in the same a day after that, uh, it, you know, the, the um, new single-family homes had good, you know, mm-hmm. report. Um, what, what, you know, that was showing much better performance than expected. Um, so, you know, so it it kind of mixed signals and then, but the home builders kind of had, you know, they came out with earnings and they kind of had very disappointing earnings. So Mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, I, so it, it's really a weird market because we're getting mixed signals where existing home sales are down, new home sales are up, but yet the builders saying they had a bad quarter. Um, difficult year to make projections, Carrie, right? Um, but what I was saying is that one of the things that we know is of, of our clients, and we've got a few of them right now, more than a few, right. obviously, who are right in the midst of buying and selling. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and they're all different situations, right? But they, we have, you know, but it's all the same concerns and and the same issues. Um, it's just running the numbers for each of them, right? And, and how are they going to, you know, can they, you know, are they going to mortgage it? Are they going to, um, are they going to go fifteen year, thirty year? Are they going to go a five year arm? Are they going to, you know, uh, are, you know, how much of a down payment? You know, are they going to buy first and then sell, or are they going to sell first and then, buy? you know, all those issues. And we spend a lot of time with our clients on those issues. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times when a client first works with us, they have an idea of how to put a new home scenario together. But by the time we work with them, they're saying, I, they have completely done a 180 on what they thought they were going to do. Right. All right. Um, I think one of the biggest ones is the ones that come in with saying, I'm going to sell first and then buy. Mm-hmm. That right. sounds very conservative. But in reality, it doesn't always work out. Right, because maybe they've been, we have a lot of people that are looking for a specific home type. Maybe it's a ranch or a master bedroom on the first floor in a very particular specific area. And they find one and they go so fast, they decide that maybe because of rates, like this is the ideal home and I don't have time. And they're not, there's multiple offers that this is the house I love. And we've seen people say, oh, I'm going to sell first, then buy too many times there's a house they really, really want, and they decide to buy first. Now, that's also, you know, if you're going to, so obviously it's a much different plan scenario depending on what you want to assume. Mm-hmm. But w- the problem in 2008 recession was that we had a very, the, that was the home sale that the dilemma, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was the, the, the real estate market fell apart. So we had a lot of people back, in, I still remember the clients that had, that had bought uh, first, and then they wanted, you know, the next, the next question is, okay, well, Mr. and Mrs. Client, how long do you think we should run the two home scenario expenses? Right. How long do you think it will take to sell your home? Well, originally this it was, was in the middle of 2008 right. recession, and they were saying, well, Mark, uh, do you think uh, maybe a few months? I'm saying, what are you talking about? We're 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 in a real estate right. meltdown. And and they're like, well, how long? And I was saying twenty four months, and they were like, thought I was crazy. And look at home pro- housing prices. I mean, they might have bought high and thinking, oh well, I'm going to sell my house at a premium. Uh, they bought at a premium, and then they s- end up having to sell mm-hmm. their home at a lot less than they and anticipated. S- and some of them didn't sell within twenty four months. Mm-mm. 
Um, now, so anyways, but it's a different recession this time, right, Carrie? It is very different. Um, so we don't have maybe that. So so we still see the homes selling and, and going. So anyways, but the other idea that I was mentioning last week on the show was that, but it may also, this drop in the mortgage rates may allow you to bid a little bit higher or buy a little bit more house than what you oh, were yeah. planning. So, for example, Carrie, let's just do some fun math on the radio, okay. right? Because math works so well on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you had budgeted your plan, you know, a year ago, that you were going to buy a new house in 2020. Okay. Because you don't plan this overnight, Carrie, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Let's hope not. Let's hope is you it, don't. Is this on? I was going to say, we've had people that... Don't plan overnight. If you're planning a new home. A lot of people say, well, Mark, when should I start uh, building in my new home scenario? Right. And I said, well, are you planning to buy it in the next five years? That's usually my cutoff, Carrie. Right. And if they say, no, it's more than five years out, I'm saying, well, let's not worry about it right now. But if it's in a five-year window, I'm saying, yeah, you want to build it in right now. But how many people say it's in maybe a 10-year window, and then we get a call saying, oh, we found that house. Oh, that's never happened, Carrie. Come on. But let me tell you, it's a lot easier if you already have a plan in place to make that adjustment. So let's say you're early, like, you know, pre-COVID, right? Um, Pre, you know, the Fed cutting interest rates to zero. You thought that you could get a 30-year loan at 4%. Okay. Right? And let's say, um, you. so you said, okay, a $250,000 because that would make my payment $1,194 a month. Now, Carrie, we're doing radio math, right? So okay. I'm not going to get into the 20% down payment. You know, right. That's for another, you know, come in for us if you want the detail, right? So, so basically, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, you, you work that out in your in your scenario budget, and you said I can handle the one thousand one ninety four a month payment. Okay. Now, a year later, you could get that thirty year mortgage at a three percent. Okay. All right. So, you could say, well, I could lower my payment, right? Right. Because take the same two fifty over that yeah. at three percent. Have and, a lower payment. And my payment may be a thousand fifty four. Okay. Instead of one thousand one ninety four. But the other way is say, well, mm, could I buy a bigger house? Or am I gonna get into a uh, bidding war with another buyer? So I might have to, if I really okay. want a house, up my purchase price. So can you do that math in your head, Carrie? Figure no, I can't out do what 30 the, years. What the purchase price would be if you kept everything? Okay. So we're getting, so radio math, it comes out to be 283000 Okay. So, so now you could buy a $283,000 home and have that 30-year mortgage, but now it's at 3% and still keep that 1193 monthly Mortgage that you would budget or I buy for. a two fifty home and do thirty three thousand of upgrades. Um, there you go, <laughs> and, and finance it right. right. Um, yeah, so and that's the same. And that's another right. good point. In other words, maybe you 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 know you say, well, I'm now got a budget, you know, for upgrading the two hundred fifty thousand dollar home um, because it's not exactly what I want. Now, you know, you now so that's just a quick example of you know how. You, you know, you can quickly try to figure out, can, do I have to redo my assumption? See, one of the things we always talk about the estate planning team is that we're very active planners. All right. Meaning that, um, you know, you make you, you build plan scenarios on you model it. You know, and, and we understand all models are wrong, but some are useful. Right. Mm-hmm. But the idea is you don't build the plan and put into a sock drawer for 30 years. The idea is that your plan is based on assumptions, but when reality changes that assumption, you know how to go in and manipulate your plan. So in this example, maybe last year you were budgeting on a 4% 30-year rate. It is now 3%. Does that give you an opportunity to rethink your purchase price? All right. Um, That's the kind of thinking that helps you get into a decision-making mode. Right. And those are 
things that we can help people, whether it's real estate, other discretionary spending, travel. Uh, maybe you're concerned about certain health care costs that you know based on health issues or whatever that is, an early retirement. By having a financial model that we call the life flow plan, I mean, we take into account so many variables that you can manipulate those so that you can see that long-term effect if I make this decision. And, and some of our clients have multiple, they may have plan A, B, C, D, because they need to see all those scenarios so they can see what happens in these, you know, one of our philosophies is um, hope for the best, plan for the worst. And we certainly have a lot of people running that plan for the worst scenario to say, hey, what steps do I need to take to adjust based on worst case scenario? And then how? what steps I need to get on track and be okay? And can I use some of the opportunities? And we offer a free no obligation consultation. We're offering consultations by phone or in person, whatever people are more comfortable with. Um, and if you want to take advantage of that, you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. The website has information on specials. If you come in for a consultation by deadline, there's the newsletter, there's calculators, and there's a link to our podcast if you want to hear previous shows. Right, Carrie. And thank you. That's Carrie Waddell. And Mm -hmm. my name is Mark Donnelly. And yeah, and, and, you know, if you, if we were talking about, I think it was two weeks ago, Carrie. Yeah, I think it was... um, yeah, I think I'm it was the June 13th that. show <laughs> that we talked about, is the second wave coming any second? So that was two weeks ago on this show we were talking about that. And and here two weeks later, it may be happening. Um, you know, we, I think we, it's just too many unknowns. And, you know, so if you want to go back and listen to that podcast, you can kind of hear what we were talking about. And, the, you know, and how it's it's not only the health issues, it's the financial issues as well. Um so, so you mentioned the different plan, plan A, plan mm-hmm. B, plan C, different types of scenarios. Sometimes, Carrie, we talk about plan R, right? And plan R is your, you know, maybe not the worst case scenario, but a less rosy case scenario, Carrie, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we call it the recession plan or the recovery plan. Well, to th- this year, we may be calling it the Rona plan. Okay. All right. Um, meaning... Has the coronavirus changed your retirement plan? By choice uh, or not choice? Right. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, because there's a lot of, you know, pre-retirees or people thinking about retiring, older workers, let's, let's say, right? Those who are still working over maybe 60 or 65, right? Who are, are they're being tempted now to maybe it's time to retire. Okay. Now, one that could be um, they may have been they may not have a job anymore because right. of the shutdown. Maybe their estab- work establishment isn't inviting them back because they're not reopening. Right. So there's obviously there's a big group there. Mm-hmm. But there's also a group that maybe they had kind of like a, a trial run of being retired, Carrie, mm-hmm. during the genre. And guess what? They liked it. They liked it. <laughs> and they're saying, hmm, I could get used to this retirement mm-hmm. lifestyle. Um, you know, and, and so maybe they're saying, could I afford not to go back to work? Right. Or maybe, well, we've talked about this on shows. Maybe I don't mind working, but I sure would like to do something else and work part time. Scale back. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, um, there's also, um, the case where, um, the they're concerned for health reasons about going back to work right because of the virus that's that's an issue right especially there. if you have some underlying um, you need to take care of your health the uh now you know um because you know what what the think tanks tell us Carrie is that statistically uh, older workers are the ones less likely you know than younger workers mm-hmm. To have jobs that they can be done remotely, right? Correct. Um, they say that almost eight in ten workers above age sixty-five cannot, you know, telecommute. Mm-hmm. All right, compared to that's only about six in ten for those workers between ages thirty-five to forty-four. Right. 
Okay, so the so-called safe jobs, you know, right. the safe jobs that says I can work from home remotely, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, um, that, you know, and, and, or I, I can social distance. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm working in a small office, it's kind of like our office, Carrie, right? We can socially right. distance and right. in, in our office, right? Um, but not all workers have that luxury. Right. Some have to deal with work uh, many employees mm-hmm. close to close and some I'll have to deal with the customers uh, hairdressers right. right well and yeah okay um and I still think there's something to be said about in person versus I mean it's nice that we can but right but now um there's also uh, you know a societal concern that these older workers carry are being pushed out well that never happens ever well, I was going to say that happens all the time, Mark. Yeah, but even now, not in COVID. Yeah, but yeah, but the COVID gives them the, the employers a great excuse. Right, but I'm saying it. You know, when people say that doesn't happen, uh, yeah, it happens. So the Federal Reserve We're downsizing. The Federal Reserve of St. Louis reports that unemployment rate for workers grade oh, 65 and older has more than tripled to 13.2 percent May from um, the 3.7 percent in March. Um, now. Obviously, Alvin knows all the unemployment went up to, but they're saying proportionally the ones over 65 is even greater. Also, you know, the pandemic uh, hits. They're saying that um, they said there was about a 7 percent increase in, you know, older well Americans who claim that they are now retired. OK. All right. Um, and I think we're going to see this really come into the public eye if when you know school opens up again right because it's already a big issue across the country you know the idea of will they open schools and if they do what are they going to do with the teachers over age 65 who are at most at risk mask get an n95 mask um or (laughs) or see this is where we have a union issue because you also need well i was going to say that's a separate because the teachers unions are saying we can't open up and as a parent, I'm saying you have to open and, but up. But the parents aren't too happy with that. No, you think you're, I'm going to vote for any other levy ever if um, you don't open up the schools? You know, and I so, mean, at least, yeah. I mean, kids need to be in schools. I mean, they talk about time and time again all the the problems with doing the online learning. If okay. You know what? And when they come out, if they can practice sports, contact sports, and all of them were opened up, why can't they be in a classroom five days a week? Well, you know, so what's the solution? Now, other people said, well, they're, the, the school systems are going to have to, you know, maybe put in a new clause right. that says all teachers over 65 got to go. Yeah, but I would think that'd be illegal. You think? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would think. What, 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 maybe there, you have the teacher tell them commute, Mark, and just have like, I don't well, know if you I think college. Show. I think colleges will do that. Where the teachers just on a screen in the classroom could still lecture, maybe, and have the kids. In, I don't know. I, I think. See, I, I, I'm I'm more concerned about the public, you know, K through twelve. You know, I, I mean, colleges they'll have to figure it out. You know, quite frankly, I think there's too many colleges, anyways. Right. Um. So well, there's too many. Let the strong survive. Right. Um. But and honestly, you know, when colleges are eliminating majors that aren't employable anyway. And, I mean, offer a class or something, but the reality is, you need to go to college for return of investment. And and and, 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 and I'm sorry, who said a bachelor's degree had to be four years? Who made that rule up? Somebody tell me that. Well, no, because it's based on how many college credits. If you go full time, but who said it had to be four years or, or a certain amount of credits? Because maybe I don't need all of those classes right. to learn a trade. Well, how many? But classes- yet I need a bachelor's degree to get ahead in this country. Well, right, because maybe they need to thin out the, well, I'm not going to use that word, classes that are absolutely worthless, because we don't have basic finance classes in a lot of schools anymore. We don't have all these Does other med things. school have to be, you know, your daughter's thinking of med school. Yes, she absolutely. How, how many years are we talking? Does it have to be that long? Yeah, four years for med school, then four years, I think, for resident, yeah. We need doctors. Yeah, we do. Especially with the virus. Well, even screen, but that undergraduate degree has how many, and I know they talk about a well-rounded, how many courses, not in, especially for people who know what they want to do, maybe make them take a couple, but the amount of ridiculous, like even my son, he's a computer science major, he graduated, 
But the amount of classes that he had to take that had nothing to do with his major were probably more than his major classes. Yeah. We're really off track here. All right. Um, But so (laughs) is this an issue that's going to face this country in the fall? In in other words, um, but so now, Carrie, I know you always mention in, in the summertime that a lot of teachers come to us because they're thinking about. Can I put up with another year, even without right. a pandemic? Right. Well, they may, and maybe more. Yeah, we've already had some call because they were saying, you know what, this online learning was not fun um, either. Yeah, and from their end. So it's not new to the estate planning team. We've been helping teachers um, and anyone, quite frankly, whoever's gotten a buyout um, offer or mm-hmm. you know is wondering whether they can. It's just it may be a, a new group of. Um, you know, pre-retirees who are saying, I'm being forced to look at this issue because of the Rona. Mm-hmm. So maybe you ought to build your plan R. All right. And see, you know, so um, now how do you do that? Um, well, you know, if you're using a robot, it's going to make it a lot easier. If you're just trying to do it on the back of a napkin, okay, um, you're stuck with the old rules right. right the old general rules right mm-hmm. um we can talk about the 80 percent rule carrie right which says okay uh and and, and i'm so sick of the 80 percent rule but i still go over it because new people that come in to see us are right. always quoting it that's of course carrie is the rule that says just plan that you'll need about 80 percent of uh you know what you were spending while you were working which I don't see that the you know it was an okay rule of thumb I guess because you didn't have these programs or well uh, a, you know you could you could you could backdoor into the twenty percent difference right? one would be um, they may have been assuming that while you were working you were you were doing the right thing by putting saving ten percent right. of your wages which you don't do in retirement right. so that's ten percent right. Because, you know, everybody, that's everybody yeah, saves. Yeah, everybody did the 10%, right? Um, <laughs> now, the other one was that you don't have those pesty uh, payroll taxes. Okay. That take up that's 10%. That's what, 7.45 or whatever? You know, that take up, you know, nearly, nearly and, and local taxes. Right. You don't pay local taxes on retirement income. Um, so, you know, there's the other 10%. Right, but um, how many people do we come in that maybe they worked really hard and had long work weeks and they had a family that we talk a lot about travel, hobbies, that because they never had freedom of time, that maybe now is the time yeah, they Car- want to spend. Yeah, Carrie, you talked to them about travel and hobbies. I talked right. to them about, have you building a budget for health care? Well, I do, but it has to be a balance of uh, mandatory, yeah. have her myself. But um, I didn't work all these years to bust my right, butt but, just but don't, to not don't have don't even fun. start talking to me about the trips to Hawaii if you haven't built in what it's going to cost True. you in health care. True. Because you may be, you know, you you may be used to that employer subsidized health care plan that goes right. away when you retire. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, you're thinking before of age sixty five before Medicare eligibility. I'm surprised how many people don't realize the cost of that before sixty five. It's a hefty price tag. Now, but but Carrie, have you noticed on the DIYI articles? You know, that's the do it yourself internet, right? Okay. Um, that the eighty percent. You know how they snuck in? It's no longer eighty. No. It's now 70. Huh. So oh, that's worse. Have you that's noticed less that? Fun. No. And it's like, well, what are you where did you get 70%? That stinks. Um, you know that that um yeah, so I think, you know, now. So, as opposed to using the 80% rule, sometimes referred to as a 70% rule, why don't you for fun calculate what your real expenses are? Okay. And let the robot add inflation to it. Matter of fact, depending on the expense, the characteristic of the expense, you may tell the robot to use different inflation rates for the different expenses. Okay. You may want to use a higher cost of living increase on health care. Right. You may want to use a lower one on daily living expenses. Which we most people of our clients end up going with the higher on health care. Um, you could also, if you want to do the down and dirty retirement plan, the te- sometimes I call it the 10-minute retirement plan, that's, you know, the 4% rule, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, you just say, oh, you just take what, it's easy. You just, whatever your nest egg is, 
Um, when you retire, you just 4%, your first year withdrawal, you increase that with inflation and that'll last 30 years. Mm-hmm. But yet how many, you know, you know, that's Bill Benjamin's old, you know, 4% rule, but yet all the DIY articles say, like, Oh, the 4% rule is broken. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Carrie, I didn't know the Rona also, you know, infected math. Hmm. Because not I, really, because somehow they're saying the virus makes the 4% rule not viable anymore. No, that's not true. The four percent rule is mathematically I correct. I mean, it two depends. plus two is still four, isn't it, Carrie? I, I guess it depends on the school district. Whether we're in a pandemic or <laughs> I, not. In my world, I mean, it I, is. Okay. Um, so yeah, the four percent rule isn't broken. Now I agree. People use it, misuse it all the time, mm-hmm. and misunderstand it. All right. Um, so yeah. So the the idea is that you know you may have to. Uh, you may have to customize the 4% rule for your own circumstances and your own assumptions. I mean, you know, Carrie, maybe I'll I'll do a 4% show coming up here. I haven't done one in a while, have I? But um, we do it. If you go back and listen to our podcast. I know you did it earlier this year. Oh, absolutely. And end of last year. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, you know, the, but real quickly, let me just try to, okay. So basically the 4% rule was based on a 30 year time period and a 5% investment rate of return. So a lot of people today say the 5% is no longer valid or a safe assumption because we're in a slow, no growth economy with a 0%, you know, interest rate for the long term. I agree. So, mm-hmm. it, so it doesn't. So, what you need to do is you say, okay, f- my five percent assumption on investments is too rosy. So, if you're building your plan R, you might want to only assume four. Mm-hmm. So, if you just did that, if you just said I'm going to reduce my projected rate of return from five percent to four percent, your four percent rule carry becomes what three point five seven percent. Okay, so in other words, if you let's keep the radio math simple, you know, because everyone, you know, all those DIY articles said you needed a million dollars in your nest egg to retire, Carrie, right? Mm -hmm. So they said, okay, you got your million dollars in your nest egg, and four percent of that, you could spend forty thousand dollars the first year of retirement, and every year you could increase that forty thousand by three and a half percent inflation. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps your lifestyle. And then by the end of the thirty years, you spent the last hour and the last day, your million dollars gone. Right. Well, now, if you only want to assume a 4% rate of return, okay, the 4% rule becomes Mm 3.57. So now your first year withdrawal is Mm $35,700, not $40,000. Right. Does that affect your lifestyle in retirement? Could. It depends on what you want your lifestyle to look at. And that's what we're really good at, helping people build a realistic, long-term lifestyle that they want based on price tags and time frames and some of the things that they haven't even thought of and then incorporating how do you create the income to address those issues as tax efficiently as possible because in every economic situation you want to take advantage of opportunities and there are opportunities and as well as avoid future problems and um, potential traps and we offer a free consultation by phone or in person we're a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm and we have affordable hourly and retainer options and only recommend our services if you're someone who can help. So you can call, leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. And we're talking about should you be building your plan R? In other words, has the Rona changed your retirement plan, whether by choice mm-hmm. or not by choice? Maybe you'd like to see what it would be like um, if you didn't have to go back to work. And there's a lot of industries that are rethinking. Um, I know, you know, the buyouts are a big one, but there's a lot of people that are just they'd like to keep working. But based on their age and being forced out, they would, you know, if there's a buyout offer, they're going to jump on it now. A lot of people, you know, so we're saying that, you know, Carrie, maybe the 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 average baby boomer hasn't saved up a million dollars okay. in the nest egg. As a matter of fact, Transamerica recent survey said, you know what the average medium retirement savings is? I'd say four or five hundred thousand. It's about one hundred and forty four thousand. OK. Well, um, is it per person then you're saying? 
No. Um, so, you know, now, but here's the thing. Um, the, how much does, does everybody spend? See, don't ask your neighbor what they plan on spending in retirement. Because it might not be what, you know. I mean, you can have two people making the same exact money, the same ages that have a completely different idea of what spending is. So the Bureau of Labor Stats tell us that, you know, adults average spend about $46,000 a year. Okay. Carrie, I would say, what number do I always throw out when I always throw out 60? I mean, to me, that's the right. most common answer. Okay. When we, off the cuff, we ask our clients. Well, I think it's 5000 a month. 5000 a month. There you go. Um, now, now your average social security in this country is about 18,000, but you know, again, I think our clients maybe, you know, I think 24 maybe. Um, so, you know, what the idea is, is say, well, Mark, here's a simple rule. You just take the, uh, you know, if I'm spending $60,000 a year, social security is giving me 24, I'm 36. That's my shortfall. Um, so I want to buy guaranteed income to cover that. Mm. The annuity concept, okay. right? And you hear that all the time. And, you know, annuities. Guaranteed income you'll never outlive. No risk to principal, you know. And, you know, you hear that, you know, you don't have to worry about, um, you don't have to worry about your nest egg mm-hmm. or how much assets you have. It's all about income. Right. Okay. It's all about the income. And that's what these fixed annuities, it, it gives you guaranteed income. That's how you need, and that's how you should do it. You should you should take what your expenses are less your fixed other other fixed retirement income. That difference should be made up with a, an annuity that gives you guaranteed income. And then if you have anything above that, that's what you get to spend to go to Hawaii with. Okay, um, and but the 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 you know and they but how do you not be concerned about the assets? I you know. Okay, so I'm not an accountant from China, you know, but but <laughs> I do know that you, you you have to consider both the income statement, you know, your profit and, right. and as well as the balance sheet. Correct. Because you, you don't get that guaranteed income stream for free. Well, you have to right, you have to use one of you, your assets. You have to buy it. And do you know how much of your assets? But I don't hear a lot of the fixed annuity guys ever talking about how much of an asset you would need to buy the guaranteed income spending gap that that, that are calculated for you. And honestly, I think like and I love when you do this, you have to do it again soon, that there's no good or bad products or financial tools or vehicles. It's how they're used and it's usually not an all or nothing because you hear people say, Well, I'm gonna take the balance of it and throw it all in this guaranteed and well, are you sure you wanna do that for maybe tax if it doesn't really give you the flexibility and to put it all in one concept, maybe a bad idea. Right. So so let's put let's do some, you know, math on the radio, Carrie. Okay. Um all right. So generally, if you want an immediate annuity, you know, the other thing is, too, is a lot of times what I don't hear come across when when clients come into us is this understanding between uh, an annuity that's going to pay them the guaranteed income right now because they're retiring right now because they've been laid off right. versus one that's going to start in 20 years, mm-hmm. a deferred annuity. So first of all, there's a big confusion about that. Right. Okay, Um, but let's say you need the income now because you're retiring now and you can't wait 20 years to start your retirement. Or five years or two years. All right. Um, So um, now, so and and let's say that's your shortfalls of 36,000. Okay. So you like the idea of I want that to be a guaranteed income. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and they're telling me I don't need to worry about my assets. I just need that guaranteed income to cover that thirty-six grand. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, so generally, um, the payout on an annuity, if you're starting the income stream immediately, is probably what, Carrie, maybe five to six percent. Right. Now that's going to depend on how old you are when you're starting, right? Correct. Um, it's also going to be whether you're taking a single life annuity or a joint life annuity, right? Hmm. Um, but just using, but let's even be, um, let's be, uh, aggressive. Let's say the 6% payout, right? So, um, what did I say the average retirement savings is, Carrie? A hundred and something. 44,000. Okay. So 6% of that is 8,640. A little bit short of the 30 something? A bit short, right? 
Um, so, you know, yeah, okay, fixed annuity guy. I hear that um, I like that to have guaranteed income, but I need 36 to cover my shortfall, and my whole nest egg is 144. Am I going to be able to do that? Or am I just going to go broke safely? Right. All right. Um, now, but let's do, let's expand that math. So by the way, Carrie, what, you know, what would my nest egg, how much would that guaranteed income stream cost me in terms of assets, even though they tell me don't worry about assets, right. just worry about the income side. But just for fun, what would, how much of an asset would I need to purchase that that would give me that 36000 Well, if I'm going to use a 6%, that's $600,000. Hmm, a little bit short. Now, how comfortable are you putting $600,000 that you worked 30 years for into one life insurance company in one product? Now, maybe. And, and I think, Mark, from the flexibility of tax rates go up, you're locking in an income stream which may you're comfortable with, but I think if tax rates go up, uh, that's why it's having the flexibility of having different assets and the different tax treatment of those assets too that you might want to consider. Right. Now, what happens though you said, well, I really want the joint. I want that to cover both me and my spouse. Which is common because you want to make sure if something happens to me, I want to make sure my spouse is okay. Especially if you use up your whole nest egg to buy this income stream. Right. Okay. Um, Now, um, all right, so you better maybe lower that 6% to 5% because it's going to cost more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to get as high as, in other words, you're not going to get a higher payout for a joint life expectancy than you are for a single life expectancy. That's just the way it right, works. Right, because they're covering two lives. Okay. Um, so now that $36,000 um, is you are going to need 720000 well, we're getting close yeah, to that yeah. million dollar. I told we knew. Yeah, you're going to be. Uh-huh. If you had seven hundred thousand, I think you'd have less of an issue. So you know, the point is, you know, like I said, the the, the good and bad of the financial tools. You know, they they all have a purpose, but I just you know sometimes you have to get. Um, a coordinated effort between those advisors because you may be, you know, you may be hearing something that may be a little bit more rosy until you actually, you know, know how to run your own calculations Mm -hmm. and say, is that concept going to work for me? Right. And I think this example where you just hear about the guaranteed income, but they never talk about what, how much assets you need to purchase that guaranteed income is somewhat short-sighted. Right. All right. Um, So we'll stay on this topic for a couple of weeks. Um, You know, and the idea of should you, or how do you build your plan R? If the Rona is calling you to change your retirement, other things that we may be talking, you know, what are other things here? So we already mentioned some today, right? You know, the the idea of, you know, you may have to adjust the 4% rule, right? Um, You may, you know, just throw out the 80% rule, now the 70% rule, Mm -hmm. right? And if you're thinking my, my solution is to buy a guaranteed income, an annuity, well, do you understand how much assets you need to buy that to make it work? Right before you know you build in the Hawaii um, right. travel vacations, right? Um, and we'll, and other things would be uh, maybe we'll next week we'll pick up a you know maybe you have to reduce what you think your sixty forty allocation is going to be um, because of the you know suppressed economy. So we'll, let's get us right. out of here. Gary. If you want help with these issues through objective and biased analysis, and as much as planning's about giving you clarity and peace of mind and saving you money and solving problems, um, give us a call at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.